Hello and welcome to the Gospel Points Podcast, where the gospel is the point. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. Thanks once again for joining us. Today, we're going to wrap up our look at Christians and depression, and we're going to be talking again with Jim Oakley, our guest from last week, and we're going to look at really what the scriptures have to say about uh, how to encourage someone uh, suffering through this. But before we get there, you know what we have to do, our weekly Twitter poll question. And you can find me on Twitter at Kevin J. Thompson, and you can find our weekly polls there. Well, this week's poll question was, what is your end times view? The four options were premillennial, historic premillennial, amillennial, or postmillennial. And the winner is... Amillennial. Amillennial came in first place, followed by premillennial, and then in third place, historic premillennial, followed by postmillennial. On this subject, I gotta go with the third place option, the historic premillennial. I, I, I do see a premillennial uh, viewpoint when I when I read through uh, Revelation, in particular. Um, I, I I can't go with just a straight up premill because I. I I can't go along with a dispensational view of the scriptures. I, I just can't get there, and I think there's some there's some issues there. We're not going to take the time to get into that on this uh, podcast, but maybe in a future podcast. Um, I like the amillennial view in that I love the whole already not yet way of looking at things. But when it comes to the actual millennial uh, millennial kingdom. I can't get past a thousand years. It seems like a literal term to me. There are other phrases in scripture, even in that chapter, uh, where there are vague uh, terms for time, but there it says a thousand years. I, I just can't get past that. Maybe one of you can convince me, who knows. Uh, but for now, I'm going to go with the historic pre-mill. I like the post-mill position, but again, scripturally, I, I just can't get there. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's this week's question. Again, you can look me up on Twitter at Kevin J. Thompson, at Kevin J. Thompson. And sometime next week, I'll be posting the next week's Twitter poll question. Well, like I said, this week we're going to finish up our look at Christians and depression and finish our final segment here with uh, Pastor Jim Oakley. Uh, Jim is a really good guy. Last week he shared with us his personal journey through this, and this week we're gonna we're gonna turn to the scriptures and we're gonna see what God has to say for those who are, are struggling with this subject. Well, we're back with uh, Jim Oakley. Jim, welcome back to Gospel Points. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Well, we've been talking about depression, and uh, this week I want to take the, kind of a different turn. Uh, last week you gave you started off giving your testimony. And yeah. uh, when you described the grief you experienced after uh, your your wife died, people were in, in an attempt to encourage you. Actually, uh, did more damage to good. Hey, God's going to use this. God's going to, yeah. uh, you know, you're a better person because of this, all this stuff. And at least in my mind, that just adds pressure. And I, I now you have to be better. You have to be right. good. And if some spectacular book deal or something doesn't come out of this, or if you would have a sweeping revival, then, man, this is all for naught. Uh, how, how can we encourage those who are going through depression uh, without making just horrible mistakes? And, and again, we're all going to make mistakes, but what, do, what should we avoid and what should we emphasize when 
trying to minister to our, our brothers and sisters struggling here? I think you can avoid trying to solve their problems, first of mm. all, trying to uh, figure out exactly what's wrong with them. And I think one of the things that just as humans we are so prone to do is automatically jump in with advice and try to fix another person. And so I think what you need to do is just a general simple counseling thing is be present and listen with them. If they're grieving, grieve with them. Mm. You know, if they're rejoicing, rejoice with them. That's what it says in Scripture very clearly. So um, uh, be present with them in it. Um, admit uh, that, hey, you know what? Yeah, this really stinks. This hurts. This is painful. Um, and don't deny that. You know, be patient with them and don't expect them to be uh, fine tomorrow, that they'll just wake up and have solved all their problems. Um, if they are in legitimate depression, it's simply not going to happen right. unless they're on some sort of really illegal pharmaceutical. <laughs> um, you know, it's not going to happen if they're just going to instantly turn around. What you'll see is then a mask. They'll, have, they'll put on a mask for yeah. you so that you think that they're okay which is even more unhealthy because it's almost a form of denial then. So I would say, you know, yeah, sit, listen, um, you know, pray with them, care for them, uh, encourage them with uh, scripture that, you know, is actually encouraging and not condemning of our attitudes. Right. Um, you know, um, point them towards good resources like their pastor or a counselor or somebody like that. Um, where, where in scripture would uh, you Try and help them find help. Wow, there's a lot of places that I would turn in Scripture. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that depressed people need to know about uh, what Scripture says about depression. Um, uh, for instance, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if most people realize this, but there are many, many people in Scripture that yeah. wrestled with depression. Many, many people did. Um, Paul, Elijah, Job, Jonah, David. Moses, just to name a few people, went through some deep, dark times in the Psalms. I don't know how you can read those and not feel right. like some of those should be blue songs, you know, that those should just somehow have a harmonica accompanying it because they are just, ah, Lord, I'm, I'm down in the pit. My soul is in the pit. You know, I can't lift my eyes to you. I lift my head, God, you know, just constant calling out to God in those low times. Right. David even talking about himself wasting away and his tears being his food day and night and his pillow yeah. being wet with tears. Those kind of images, I mean, portray people who are wrestling with some very deep stuff and depression. I mean, I don't know how you read Job and and don't see some of that too. You know what fascinates um, me about the book of Job, or I don't mean to inter interrupt, but I mean, I look at Job yeah. and here's a guy, you have 42 chapters of this book. You know, you yeah. ask the average Christian, tell me the story of Job, and they're going to give you two chapters. You know, his stuff was taken away, yeah. and he gets back. But, you know, within the within those two, uh, you know, bookmark chapters, you've got a over, you've got 40 chapters of a man struggling, of a man who has no idea what's happening to him, why it's happening. Right. And there's just sorrow upon sorrow heaped on upon so-called friends. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, but, okay, I, I had to throw that in well, there. And Go that's the interesting yeah. thing. Well, that's the interesting thing that you mentioned, too, because, I mean, you look at his friends, and, uh, you know, uh, they did not give some great advice. Right. Uh, they were kind of throwing anything that they could at it, trying to solve his woes, and it didn't work. Um, he, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't a matter of them fixing him. 
Right. And they they didn't realize that I think. Um, but yeah, he came very low. Um, so I you know I, I even think of people don't think of Paul in this regard. Um, but there's a point in Second Corinthians uh, chapter one uh, where you know he he's talking to the Corinthians saying, hey, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We are under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. You know, it's one of the funny things that um, uh, people say to depressed people is, don't worry, God won't give you anything you can't handle. And I'm like, that's not really true. Right. He will yeah. give you stuff oh, that you can't handle. Sometimes, sometimes so much so that uh, it buckles your knees and bends your head and you have nothing to do but to right. lean on God. Um, just continuing in that passage real quick, um, he says, indeed our hearts felt the, uh, the sentence of death. But this is what he says, but this happened that we might re- not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. Hmm. So, I mean, um, Paul himself went through such great pressure that he despaired even of life um, and felt that sentence of death upon himself and just, yeah, was, I mean, near that edge. I mean, this is one of the powerhouses of the faith, man. Right. And, and he went through that. Um, my other favorite character from Scripture, Elijah, I mean, right after his big win, mm. right, his great win on, on, on Mount Carmel, he, he, he heads away from there and he goes and hides himself away um, and, and wishes he would die. He, he camps out under a broom tree and he prays that he might die. He's like, okay, God, I'm, I'm done. I've had enough. Uh, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Just, just destroy me now. And um, what's awesome is in that moment, um, God began to minister to him in ways he didn't expect. Mm. Um, and then and, and show him things that he probably wasn't ready to receive. So the good thing is that we're in, in good company. And that's, I think, one of the biggest, most powerful things that we can understand. There are so many other uh, saints, I would say, you know, Christian uh, uh, people in the past who wrestled with it, Martin Luther, um, uh, Edwards, I think, wrestled with it. Um, uh, various other people. Yeah, other people uh, had, had wrestled with it throughout. Yeah, Spurgeon, for sure. Uh, other people have wrestled. In fact, they... He said he wrestled with it so severely sometimes it was almost debilitating, but he's one of the most prolific, you know, um, uh, men of God. <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, it's crazy to think about, but we're in good company, and this isn't so far off from us. Um, so how so, can the church do a better job of ministering to those struggling, whether it's anxiety or depression, any of these issues? It seems like almost sometimes church is sometimes the last place you want to go, but how can God's people in in, in corporate fellowship aid and and minister? Well, I think we have to give up the facade and be real. We have to be authentic, and we have to talk about it. Right. You know? Um, Like you mentioned before, I mean, we are kind of told to keep the mask on, be smiley, you know, always be joyous and never, never struggle. But see, joy... Joy is one of those crazy things that doesn't often, it doesn't always have to require a smile. Right. You know, you can have joy and still feel bad. You know, mm. um, but that joy is that abiding, um, that abiding hope that we have in Christ. I can still be depressed and and still feel a degree of joy, right? Um, mm. um, but 
the church needs to get on with, you know, differentiate, hey, there's happiness and smiling, and then there's deep abiding faith and joy that, that, that holds on to us through those times. So um, taking off the mask, being uh, real about it, talking about it from the pulpit, uh, you know, all around, and, and, and being honest. I mean, as I mentioned, you know, I mean, come on, you're in good company. How many previous saints are there, uh, you know, who've gone before, who've experienced this? Right. So many, and yet, yeah, why, why, why do we um, teach only happy stuff? Because, well, that's what often our yeah. itching ears want to hear. Right. You, know, you mentioned and faith. And that's terribly unfortunate. You mentioned faith as well, and sometimes we have the mistaken idea that faith yeah. is, we, we mistake what it really is, because faith is not the absence of struggle. In fact, no. faith is endurance in the midst of the struggle. When everything looks exactly. like it's, it, 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 it's wrong, I am still going to have my trust in God because I know I live in a world that's not uh, according to design, not operating as it should. I know my own body yeah. isn't operating as it should. My own mind is not. And so I have got to trust the promises of God and keep on struggling in the midst of this. And that's what we're all doing to some degree. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that that's well said. Um, you know, we're, we're not free yet from the complete struggle against sin, against disease, against decay, against uh, the entropy right. that has been going on since the fall. Uh, we are not free from that. We uh, will be, though. Uh, in the meanwhile, we're free to wrestle with it. And that's what I think actually makes the difference between what an actual Christian is and what a fake Christian is, right. you know. A fake Christian doesn't, re- you know, a real Christian wrestles with sin. Yeah. We deal with it. We go to the mats with it, and um, we make war against sin versus a non-believer will not deal with that. You know, a, a person who I would say may call themselves a Christian, but they're not really a believer, um, they may not deal with that. They may not say, okay, this is what I believe, and so this is going to guide my thinking, and I am going to then uh, correct those uh, negative thoughts and those wrong uh, ways of thinking about myself, about the world, and I'm going to let my faith guide my thinking, which will guide my feelings. Right. Let's talk about that a little more. What advice do you sure. give to how do we cling to Christ in the midst of the struggle? How do we focus and search uh, for the Lord in the midst of all of this uh, anxiety, all of this cloud of fogginess? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And um, I wish I had like an amazing answer for you. But I would say one thing is, is true that we need to realize all that. Uh, we need to believe and realize in our, in our, in our, in our faith and in our thinking is that God has never left you. Mm. One of my favorite verses that's, you know, and, and phrases that's actually repeated throughout Scripture, that I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is awesome. I mean, you may not feel that God is near, but uh, feelings do not determine truth. God is near. God is present with you throughout it all, and he's not walked away from you. Um, and so that's one thing that we can definitely hold on to, realizing that, guess what? Uh, it's not my strength and my grip on Christ that matters most, but it's his grip on me. Right. right. You know? And he's the God who doesn't let go. Um, so I would say that's that's probably the biggest point I could emphasize. Other than that, you know, um, <laughs> go to the Word. Um, <laughs> read again in the Psalms. There are certain times in the Psalms when you hear uh, the psalmist look at uh, his life and, and what's going on in it, and he... He says something to the effect of, you know, I looked and I saw uh, how the wicked were prospering and I, I despaired, and, you know, but then he looked and he saw the truth of it, uh, that, that 
you know, the truth of the matter is that uh, they're going to be blown away like chaff, and that uh, this is all, in some cases, their greatest victories will be here on Earth. Um, and so for us, we come to kind of look at that, and, and we turn our eyes back to the temple, because that's what he did. He turned his eyes back to the temple, and he realized those things, mm-hmm. you know? And he began to see it more clearly. Um, and I think that, that is one of the biggest things that we can do. Um, well, yeah. we're, uh, Psalm, well, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say Psalm 42 uh, is a great yes. one to meditate on in this time. Um, you know, this really is, like I mentioned before, this is uh, some of the core writing it, but they are calling out and talking about how, how they are really wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, and in verse 5 it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And I think right there in that verse 5 um, is a great truth that will, will help us. It's a great balm that can help us as we are feeling these feelings of depression or anxiety is that we can intentionally put our hope in God. Yeah. And I would actually say uh, in one of those things uh, that you may, um, may take the choice to actually put, uh, take some, some time and actually uh, praise God. Yeah. Actually, uh, you know, uh, even when you're not feeling it, to praise him, mm-hmm. to go through and make up your list of thanksgiving. Um, because, hey, if we present all of our requests, the prayer and thanksgiving to God, then the peace of God is going to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Right. Right? And there's definitely truth in that, that he will guard our heart and our mind as we bring everything to him. Yeah, I, I love in that passage, you have you have the the soul-searching, why am I so cast down? It's in that yeah. same verse you just mentioned, yeah, I will hope in God. I will praise him again. Yeah. There's a determination yeah. that, I am going to praise God no matter what. I always love Psalm 42, one is one of those, let's crochet this on a pillow verse. Um, right. You know, we, we take that right. into context. And, you know, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so my so pants my soul for you, O oh God. We realize that's not a positive statement he's saying here. This isn't a statement right. of praise. This is a statement of, I don't see God. Uh, and I, I need you. I want you. I long for you. But you're not there for me, it seems. And. Uh, this is a desperate thirst. I mean, this is right. this is this is. I mean, panting thirst, which I don't think most of us in America ever experienced. Yeah, mm. this is. I need this. I have such a deep hunger and need. I. Where are you? Where can I go to meet with you? He yeah. says. You know, um, and then you continue reading in three. It's like he talk, starts talking about tears. Not not a happy part, right there. Right. Right. <laughs> well, we are we are running out of time, and so again, I, I say thank you, uh, Jim, for joining us here. And I think the encouragement for all of you is that what you're going through here is not a concept foreign to Scripture. This isn't con- right. a concept foreign to the Christian life. This is the struggle uh, in a fallen world. And so there's nothing to mm-hmm. be ashamed of, but please talk to someone. There's a re- we, are, we are not Christians that live individually who happen to be worshiping next to somebody. We're, we're a corporate body, and we are meant to minister one to another. And so please uh, reach out. Well, uh, Jim, tell us a little bit before we go. Tell us a little bit. You just started a new blog. Uh, Tell us where we can find that and and just give us a little preview of what people can expect on that. Yeah. um, Yeah, my blog, uh, I just started um, uh, because I just want to share different thoughts about 
um, life, about uh, ministry in particular, and, and things like that. Um, and so uh, I've been trying to uh, put some of those things uh, into thought um, that I think would be helpful for people, honestly. Um, and so I uh, started talking about some, some, some of our values and, and have we lost the plot and, and how we're looking at things. Um, but I'm hoping to share a lot more different stuff as life goes on, as things develop, uh, different devotional thoughts and things that might help people, um, and just news from my life as well as uh, different things happen and God uh, leads me on this crazy, wild journey. And, um, and what's the yeah, URL? Where, where, we can, where we can, yeah. can we find that? Yeah, it's, um, it's www.pastorjim's blog. Um, right? Am I right about that? I think I'm right about that. Yes. Um, dot weebly.com. And we'll have that on, uh, on our blog as well. And so you can, uh, you can check that out there. We'll put it on our website. And so, Pastor Jim, before we go, we've got one final responsibility to take care of. We've got a random question that has nothing to do with what we've been talking about whatsoever. Are you ready for the randomness? Bring it on. All right. We're in the midst of a presidential election here. People aren't (laughs) sure what to do. And so, a majority of Americans write in the name Jim Oakley. And <laughs> you are elected not just president, but you are elected dictator. What is your first act in office? You are now the dictator of America. Uh, oh, dear Lord. What's your first job? What's your first instinct? Um, wow. Uh, my first instinct would be um, to run and hide. Um <laughs> <laughs> I have no desire, no political aspirations of that sort, um, and I don't think I would want to be uh, in that kind of position, let alone entrusted with that much. Um, but if I was, hey, I don't know, maybe you know, God does put people in office and take them out, and yeah. um, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't think I'd want it. I, I, would, I would immediately say, anybody else? Anybody else? All right, well, I would take that, and I think one of my first... <laughs> One of my first acts, I don't know why this comes to mind, but I am going to forever ban the practice of using ketchup on eggs. That's going to be gone. That's going to be a punishable <laughs> offense. I don't believe God ever intended that to happen. And what so if it puts off your hash browns and onto the eggs? Then you got to throw it away. It's just oh, going to be gone. You know, you, oh, should, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. Oh, so. man. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, Pastor Jim, thanks so much for joining us. And, uh, uh, check out uh, Pastor Jim's blog, and again, we'll have, a, we'll have a link to that there on our website. And just to let you know where that blog address is, pastorjimsblog.weebly.com. That's pastorjimsblog.weebly.com. And again, we'll have that on my website, my blog, uh, www.kevinjthompson.info, which I hope you'll check out. And of course, don't forget to... Uh, Share this podcast with your friends. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook. Uh, Pin it in uh, Pinterest. uh, Snapchat it. Do whatever you need to do to get the word out. And, of course, one of the best things you could do, rate us on iTunes. Give this uh, a good recommendation on iTunes, and I will be forever grateful. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Join us back next week. We'll have another great guest on the Gospel Points podcast. Until then, have a great rest of your week.